You're in the water loop. Waterloop is a nonprofit media outlet made possible in part by a grant from Springpoint Partners. Visit waterloop.org. This is episode number 154 Latino Leaders Learn. Despite the direct and often disproportionate impacts of water problems on Latinos in California, there was historically a lack of water knowledge and advocacy by the leaders in their communities. That led to the creation of an organization to educate and motivate Latino local elected officials across the state. This level of government is the closest to the people and the solutions, as discussed in this episode with Victor Griego, president and founder of Water Education for Latino Leaders. Victor explains how the organization focuses on inspiring Latino leaders to care about water issues and giving them the leadership and storytelling skills necessary to create change. The conversation will begin in one minute, but first a word about our sponsor, Veruna. This episode of Waterloop is sponsored by Veruna, the decision intelligence tool for water systems. The factors that go into running water systems are more dynamic than ever, but the tools for making decisions are still static. That's why Varuna built a resilience tool that uncovers blind spots, identifies risks, and generates insights, which are all presented in a user-friendly dashboard. There are many risks that water systems have to mitigate. While EPA identifies 10 vectors of risks that water utilities should track, the Varuna resilience tool captures 26, including internal and external risks. The tool allows operators to take immediate actions and leaders to make long-term strategic decisions, and is especially helpful for, for smaller systems. With Varuna, better data means better decisions. Learn more at Varuna.city and let them know you heard about it on Waterloop. You're in the Waterloop. Welcome to Waterloop. Here with Victor Griego, he is president and founder of Water Education for Latino Leaders. Victor, I am really glad to talk to you for this podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So uh, lots to delve into here. Really interested in learning more. Let's just start with basically uh, this organization, Water Education for Latino Leaders. What is it? It's a California a statewide nonprofit that whose mission is to educate California Latino leaders on the water challenges the state faces. Hmm. So you're founder of of the organization. How did this get started? You know, why was it created? Why was it needed? What's kind of that that origin story, if you will? Well, I guess there's two there's two reasons to why. Uh, first is how, and it, it started uh, with a conversation I had with my daughter who was a uh, student in environmental science in college. And I asked her um, what uh, she was going to do with her environmental science degree. And she said that because of climate change, water was going to be critical in California and that she wanted to spend her time dealing with water. Um, and so I wanted to spend my time with her and her work, her professional work. And so I started doing some research on the water issues in California, this was about 10, 11 years ago, and realized that uh, not only was, was uh, there's a challenge of water uh, policy in California, but that Latinos were 
not involved in the water industry and the water policy and how that was a, a problem in itself. So both uh, the fact that water was going to be a crisis in the future for California, which as we see today, surely, surely is, mm-hmm. uh, and the fact that Latinos were not actively involved in the policy or the practice of water management, uh, th- those two reasons would, uh, got, got the organization started. Mm. There's a lot of examples out there of how the younger generations uh, clue the older generations into things, right? Like whether it's recycling or smoking or seatbelts or any of that stuff. Here you've got your daughter kind of drawing the connection between climate and water. That's that's awesome. Yeah. If you, if you want to know what the future is all about, hang out with young people, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talk a little bit more about the officials that you engage with, you know, I think you really work at the the local level. Um, yeah, who's who's part of this? Who do you try to pull into your activities and efforts? Yeah, we we uh, we had to make a strategic decision on on who we would work with uh, because there's so many uh, Latino leaders in California. There's you know academic leaders, health industry, political, electoral leaders, uh, religious, business, etc. And so we thought that the local elected official, like city council members, county supervisors, school board members, local elected water agency uh, officials, that they would be a a target audience uh, that could create a constituency for us that we could do our education and training around the challenges that uh, the state faces in regards to water. So uh, local elected uh, officials, um, that uh, are the local cities, county, school districts, and water districts are the uh, are the target. And again, um, we target them because we believe that they're the closest to the people. Um, they many have a, a, a policy uh, related uh, authority and responsibilities. So if a city has their own water department, then of course they you know they are, are responsible for delivering safe and affordable water to their residents. Um, if they if they don't, if there's a different entity that supplies the water to their constituency, they certainly have a bully pulpit to, uh, to um, you know, uh, address the needs of their constituents. Um, and then we also realize that many of local elected officials go on to state uh, positions, uh, election, like state assembly members or state senators. Um, and um, currently there's about 35% of our state legislators Come from local government, so they're either former elected council members, supervisors, school board members, etc. And so, um, before they go on to the state uh, legislative uh, positions, understanding California water policy uh, is a pretty good thing, considering where we are. So, those are some of the reasons we target these local elected officials. Hmm. I think there, and maybe uh, you can help me understand also. There might be some history of water inequity, of environmental justice, where, where Latino communities, Latino populations in California um, were in situations where they were disproportionately impacted by bad water policy, a lack of clean water, whatever it might be. Uh, and so maybe it's important to have the leaders that, that represent those communities uh, you know, more informed on, on water policy and kind of the things they should advocate for to, to try to deliver better water equity and justice for, for those communities? Is that, is that an element too? 
Well, there, there's a there's an irony to to your understanding. You're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely okay. accurate on, on what you just said. But there's an interesting ironic twist to that. Those communities that you're referring to, like in the Central Valley or maybe Coachella Valley or any type of rural farming community uh, that has traditionally, you know, have had, um, uh, uh, you know, inadequate access to safe and clean water. Uh, those elected officials, while, as you said, uh, should understand the plight of those individuals uh, not having access to water, uh, tend to um, understand the water issue from a agricultural rural environment where those public water agencies have traditionally been created for agricultural business. And mm-hmm. so the need for water in those communities has traditionally been for business agricultural purposes. And so to your point about educating those elected officials to understand the plight of individuals and families and communities that doesn't have access to uh, clean, affordable water, uh, that's a little interesting because, yes, we should educate them, but many times those elected officials have competing interests where they also have to be concerned about the interest of the agriculture business interest to make sure that there's jobs and there's food available for now, not only the region, the state, but many times the country and the world. So, so they've got a, a, a um, you know a little uh, uh, tension there in yeah. terms of you know getting water. But you're right; we certainly would hope that they uh, prioritize water for you know families and individuals and communities and cities, so that there's a vibrant and healthy community uh, access to water. Um, so, so not only do we do our work in those rural communities, but it's also very important and strategic to do the work in the urban areas. And, and the reason it's important mm-hmm. in the urban areas to educate these Latino leaders that what's going on throughout the state is because there's more electoral power in the urban cities, right? For example, in L.A. County, I think we've got like 23 state legislators from L.A. County. Right. We've, we've, we've got um, more representation in urban areas, you know, San Diego, uh, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, Santa Clara County. So they're not they once were urban. I mean, excuse me. They once were, um, you know, rural counties like Santa Clara, big wine, wine industry, et cetera. But they're now more urban. And so it's important to educate those urban legislators on the challenges of the rural communities in the Central Valley and Coachella Valley, because that's where you see the legislative power. For example, uh, the state assembly uh, leadership, uh, I think four out of the last five assembly speakers have been from LA County. Uh, If you look at the current Senate pro tem from San Diego. So the legislative um, uh, leadership comes from urban areas. So we don't just focus on rural leadership. We definitely also look at the urban leadership so that they can understand and vote to support the urban, excuse me, the rural uh, agricultural communities because that's where we have farm workers, we have lower income communities, and that's where those individuals need support as well as the agricultural business interests in those communities. Hmm. Complex, a complex landscape, a lot of things to balance. But does that make sense? That Absolutely. We yep. just can't focus on the rural communities because there's not enough political power there. Power. Right, right, right. Most of the political power are in the cities. So we have a, we have a need. It's like when it's like when Cesar Chavez, you know, did the boycott. 
He just didn't go into Bakersfield. No, he went to New York, went to Toronto, San Francisco. He went to the, the urban areas so that they could support the plight of the farm workers in the Central Valley. Same thing here. If we're going to be concerned about the million people who still don't have uh, safe and clean, affordable water, uh, it can't just be in Bakersfield or Fresno in the Central Valley. We've got to go into the urban area and say, listen, what's going on to fellow Californians in these communities. Here we are, the what, fifth largest economy in the world, and we have a million people who still don't have access to uh, safe water. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about maybe the, the tactic, tactics you use to educate these leaders. What, how, how do you educate them? What are, what are some of the different programs and activities that you do? Well, one of the things that we, we realize over the years is that um, in the, the short time that we have them, because, you know, they've got a lot of other priorities on their, on their political and electoral uh, uh, dashboard, we, we want to make sure that they, they are touched, moved, and inspired by what we do. Mm-hmm. Because when we're with them, whether it's through a workshop or a conference or through a fellowship that we call the Untapped Fellowship, we know we can't teach them everything about water and the challenges that California faces when it comes to water. So we, we want to make sure that the time that we have with them, that they experience the challenges of water. And that experience will take them down in the future to want to know more about water. So for example, we take them to the Coachella Valley and see the Salton Sea, uh, see what's called Polanco Parks, where we see farm workers who live in trailer parks with, with, uh, with um, water that's not clean, that's contaminated, um, and have, they have to use water filters just to, just to get by. Um, so th- that experience allows them to understand and really feel uh, for the people who are impacted by uh, inadequate water systems. We take them to the Central Valley for the same reason, so they can understand um, how agriculture and communities have to live together and make sure that there's enough water for business and agriculture so we have food on our tables, but also that when, when workers come home that they can shower, they can bathe, they can uh, cook their food, they can wash themselves, and they can make sure they have quality water as well. So we take them to different watersheds throughout California so they can understand these challenges. Um, in addition to that, we teach them leadership skills. Uh, one is we call it the WOW method of inquiry, where we teach them how to ask questions. Uh, we don't have uh, our speakers come and just give presentations. We train our leadership to ask questions based on their vantage point, based on what they believe is important in their communities. And so we call that the WOW method of inquiry. Um, and then we also teach a leadership a skill uh, called public narrative. It's uh, founded by or a uh, skill developed by Professor Marshall Gans at Harvard University. And public narrative is, is, is a tool that teaches um, individuals to uh, practice telling their story um, and listening to other people's situation and their stories so they can develop a mutual story so they can act on their mutual beliefs and values so that they can take public action to improve the quality of their lives and the quality of their communities. So we teach those two leadership skills, the WOW method of inquiry and public narrative, so that the leaders that we train around the California water policy, that they can be better leaders in their community and advocate on behalf of their residents. I absolutely love a bunch of things you said there that you're not going to you're not going to make them water experts in that in that sliver of time you have them, right? You want to just motivate them to care about water uh, and then give them some really critical 
basic tools almost for for learning and for engaging. Uh, it reminds me of some journalist skills there, even when you talk about that inquiry and, and narrative. Uh, that's awesome. Well, you know, you know, it's when 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 someone says uh, to you, "So why do you like math?" Right? Mm. Uh, it well, it was Mr. Garcia or Mrs. Uh, Smith, my seventh grade teacher. Uh, <laughs> What did you learn? Well, I don't remember, but she, she was wonderful, right? She, it was just that experience what got me interested in math. Same thing here. We're, we're not going to teach them everything about water, but we want to make sure the time that they're with us, we make it a, an opportunity where they can really feel, like I said, move, touch, and aspire to want to do more education on their own when they leave us because, you know, uh, you, we're not going to have them very long. And then I imagine, you know, what hope what hopefully happens is they're back working in in their local government or one day in state government, whatever it might be. Some water issue comes up, uh, or they hear about, and they're like, "Oh, I care about this. I also know places I can go to learn more and to get the policy info I need." Right? So, yeah, good deal. Um, I, I think you have another couple. You mentioned this Untapped. Uh, I think there's Wellows also. Maybe those are the same thing. Some other kind of initiatives you have. Yeah, the Untapped is a fellowship, and okay. so it's a six-month uh, time that we spend with them. We meet, meet, meet with them once a month, or a couple of times if it's online per month, and uh, it's an opportunity where we develop a cohort of about fifteen uh, local elected officials. We take them to different watersheds throughout California, as I mentioned, the Coachella Valley is one of them, Central Valley is another one. We ended at the Delta, the Bay Delta, up in the Sacramento Stockton area. Uh, and so uh, they're called Wellows because it's they, they the, the the participants coined this phrase when when we started about five years ago. Uh, they merged the word fellow and well, and they mm. came up with the word Wellows. Uh, so when they go through the process, which we've had now four classes, about forty-five uh, participants, uh, we have we consider uh, forty-five Wellows who graduated from our program. Well, good good stuff. Uh, any examples of the impact that that you have had, you know, water education for Latino leaders, well, uh, by educating these folks, you know, uh, any anecdotes, any specific examples of, of the impact actually on water management and policy projects and so forth? Yes, the great question. I have two examples. Number one, in the city of Pico Rivera, which is in Los Angeles County, uh, there was a um, huge issue with PFAS. Uh, PFAS is a green uh, chemical that's used uh, fire retardant and, and uh, I believe some um, uh, clothing materials and it's found in the water and uh, is a big problem for a lot of small municipal uh, water systems. And so uh, when the problem was found in the city of Pico de Vera, one of our wellows, uh, uh, Gustavo Camacho, was asked by his city manager to take the lead um, on the issue. Um, and the fellow council members uh, agreed that he should take the lead because they all said, well, uh, Mr. Camacho, you know about water. Um, you <laughs> a well, you're, you're a wellow. Um, and I remember having a conversation with, with him and he said, Victor, you know, they think that because I went to well, I'm a water expert. I'm not a water expert. Uh, he said, but I do care about it more than I, I did before I went to well. And so um, I did take it on and I worked with our public works department. I worked with uh, the city manager's office, and I did take the lead on addressing the PFAS. And uh, I think they got like a $7 million grant to help with the cleanup. And so because of his participation in well, uh, again, he was 
moved, touched, and aspired to take the leadership, but by no means was he an expert. Uh, yeah. And again, another example, they're not going to be experts, but we want to make sure that they're, that they're motivated to take on the political responsibility of, of, uh, of uh, you know, addressing the issues. Another example is up in uh, Northern California, uh, Council Member um, uh, Corina uh, Lopez uh, is now running for the East Bay Municipal uh, Utility District, which delivers water in the East, uh, you know, East Bay uh, of Northern California. And she's running for the water district there, the East, the, uh, East, uh, East Bay Mud is, is referred to, uh, because she went through our WOW program, through our untapped program. Uh, she just wrote me about a week ago saying, I would not be running for this position if it were not my participation in water education for Latino leaders, untapped fellowship program. So those are just some two examples of, of the impact that we've had on of these participants. Yeah, those are good ones. And that has to feel awesome for you to to have that real world impact from, from what you're doing. Uh, lastly, you know, you mentioned this in the beginning, the situation in California, right, where climate change is driving really a ridification of the state. There's a lot of talk, it's drought, but I think it's going to be drier in the long term, right? So just... Uh, What's going on through that lens right now? I imagine there's a lot of pressure on the local local officials. They're trying to figure out solutions. Just kind of what's what's going on from your from your viewpoint? What role is well trying to play with that water situation out there in California? Well, let me just zero in on one aspect of that, okay? Yeah. Government is going to be asking residents, their constituents for more participation not just to conserve water in their household or business, et cetera, but the infrastructure to capture the irregular downfall of, of water, whether it's through snowmelt or rain, uh, we're going to have to create a different infrastructure to capture water. And that could either be natural infrastructure, like um, uh, watersheds that uh, retain water naturally and put it down into the ground so the groundwater can be replenished and we can pump up water when we need it or put it into rivers and lakes where we can draw from uh, naturally uh, or into dams where we've had historically in the last 60, 70 years uh, stored uh, some of our water. Um, so whatever the method would be, either natural or man-made storage, um, it's going to cost money. Mm. And, 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 and so that's a big Part that residents and uh, um, you know ratepayers, and more importantly, voters are going to be asked to pay more for. Um, just like we're paying more for power because of the you know the heat, uh, we're going to have to pay more for water. And so residents are going to be asked to invest in their regular water bill that will go up um, naturally because there's more uh, money needed for infrastructure, and many of these systems are old. Uh, for new uh, uh, water capture systems, which are online right now. Um, so that that money is going to be asked either through their monthly bills, it's going to be through taxes, uh, increasing taxes at the local level or the state level, uh, or bonds. We see every two to four years, there's always a water bond on the ballot. And, you know, I think 80 or 90% of them are passed. So uh, voters are going to be asked to to vote on taxing themselves in the future so that we can deal with water. And so how that impacts our local leaders is the voters tend to go to local leaders because they see their local council member at the supermarket, at the mm -hmm. soccer field, at church 
you know, and so they and they ask him, hey, you know, Pablo, uh, what's this tax that you're asking me to vote for? Or what's on this ballot that I don't understand, right? They, 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 they go to these local leaders uh, because these local leaders could mitigate these complex mm -hmm. issues many times. Uh, and so that's the role I see our local elected officials uh, providing in the near future. Hmm. They really have to be ambassadors for investing in water infrastructure and management. Yeah. Well, Victor, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. It's awesome what you all have going on out there with with Well, and uh, I imagine this type of program is would be very useful in other states around the country. But uh, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Great. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and thank you to this episode's sponsor, Varuna. Please check them out at varuna.city. To find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media, visit waterloop.org. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop.